0: Hello everyone and welcome to our first episode of High and Outside, a podcast focused on fantasy baseball. I am Michael Hennell and I'm joined by my good friends Phil Gaussman and Mark Lively. And we are here to talk about everything and anything fantasy baseball. How are you guys doing? Doing alright. Pretty good, Good? pretty good. Good? Now, don't get us wrong, we would have loved to begin this podcast at an earlier date, but other than the draft process and personal opinions on where players should go, Who to reach for and who we don't particularly like, there isn't much to discuss in the first few series other than the nostalgia of having baseball season back. Big boners. We can focus on hot streaks and slow starts like most people do. I mean, you can check on, you know, the waiver report as it is. But again, we decided to start now because we believe there is a substance and probability and possibility of things to come and expect. Since this is our first show, we have a rundown for you guys. Uh, We'll probably start off by talking about starters, pickups, trades, minor league guys to keep an eye on, Um, you know, just pretty much everything regarding fantasy. Um, Mark, you had some specific players that you uh, wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, just starting off, like, um, a couple guys that that are high on my pitching pitching watch list. Just uh, watching Danny Duffy last night was... Pretty eye-popping, actually. He was throwing 99 from the left side with good breaking ball, good changeup, and threw well against a pretty good lineup. Um, Definitely worth a guy, or worth a pickup in pretty much any leagues, I think. Did any of you guys get a chance to watch that? Yeah, I watched that. Um, It was
0: pretty impressive uh, considering, Yeah, like you said, a left-hander. and We were talking about this earlier in the month when we were talking about D. Gordon facing a strong-handed, you know, left-handed pitcher and seeing the bat fly out of his hand. um, Duffy would definitely do that to him.
2: Yeah, That's going to happen pretty often.
0: Do you know by chance how many people actually own him?
2: Uh, Right now, only 4.6% of uh, people on ESPN own him. Yeah, and then I think on, like, Yahoo, it's a little bit higher, but not much. Uh. It was impressive... I mean the best thing about Duffy, especially in uh, fantasy league, is his K's. I mean he's gonna eventually get blown up, obviously, but he's got confidence against guys like Detroit in that monster lineup, and he K's seven. K's are hard to come by, so they're pretty valuable. Everyone's gonna get blown up, but this guy will get you K's no matter what.
0: I'm with yeah. you on on the K's thing, and I you know, I guess I just don't know enough enough about him. But the thing about Duffy is he's gonna get run production from his own team. And he's not in a league where there's a lot of, I guess, high-potent offenses other than Detroit. Granted, he does
1: play in the, in the AL division. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always good to stay away from AL guys. But um, even just like continuing on AL guys, another guy that I've been keeping my eye on and watching a lot it might be worth a pickup in at least a 12-team league is um, Jake Arrieta. Another guy who really surprised me with velocity. Gained about two to three miles an hour from last year. Um, throws a good 96-mile-an-hour sinker and, like, a really good curve. Um, so he'll be another guy that I'm going to keep my eye on for the next couple of weeks. Um,
0: what I wanted to bring up, though, real quick before we move on from that, what would, say, in you know, a league like our own, how much would you pay for, for Duffy?
1: Um, Off waiver wires, I mean. I mean, it depends on the league. You know, some some leagues, like like a lot of guys, just like to spend $20, $30 at one time and then make really minimal pickups um, other than that. And all also depends on the size of the league, obviously, if you're in an AL-only league um, and he's still out there. He's going to be a really good pickup, but probably not going to happen. Probably not out there.
2: spent $2 on him in our league, which is a pretty good deal. I mean, well, you picked him up. A week ago so that was before his his last start uh against Detroit but I figure now after that start against Detroit I mean he's got to be going for over five dollars for sure
0: well and I bring that up just because in our past pickup but uh Sunday you know I I really don't care and have a problem with people spending more than you know maybe more than he's worth what excuse me more than he's worth just because you don't know how bad your, your you know decimated your team is, and if you really need the guy, and you might as well pay, you know whatever you think you're going to get the guy, you know hit the price value at.
2: Right. Well, especially with pitching, I don't mind spending a lot uh, picking up a good pitcher off waivers. It's better than picking up a hitter. I mean, these hitters go on crazy hot streaks, but if a guy's got good stuff, he's got good stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Might as well get him soon. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, I guess let's stick with uh, pitching for a while, and then we'll move over to hitting because <laughs> we can kill a ton of time with hitting.
2: Right. Well, I got I got one guy. I mean, I think he's somebody that gets picked up and dropped every year by everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure last year at least four different guys owned him. Uh, but Rick Porcello, uh, he's only owned in just under 10% of ESPN leagues, And, I mean, this guy is... This guy can be a jokester, uh, and he gets blown <laughs> up sometimes, but I mean he's only twenty four years old he's got the most wins by far of any uh, pitcher in the league that's twenty four years old or younger, and he's been in the league what it feels like forever he's been in the league for three years now, and I mean he's looking good to start the season right now, real good usually usually he gets blown up, has bad control problems but and he usually doesn't get past the fifth inning, but in his two starts, he's gone seven innings, seven two-thirds innings, and a total of one walk. And how many, uh, how many you, guys has he struck out so far? Uh, a total of eight, four eight. four Ks, four Ks in each start. He's not a he's not much of a a strikeout master. He never has been really. Yeah, yeah, huge ground
1: ball guy. Um, that worries me a yeah. little bit with uh with with that defense <laughs> with that infield. That, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but the good thing about Purcello, I mean, he's gonna get a ton of wins. I think he's definitely gonna get double-digit wins for sure this year. Yeah, pitching for Detroit, going against the Twins and the Indians, he's gonna stack up some nice. I mean, I could see him being maybe a little bit better Phil Hughes of two years ago when he had eighteen or was it eighteen or sixteen wins? Fair enough. Um, I mean. Just as like Do you really think he's point?
1: gonna reach eighteen wins?
2: No, 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 no. But I think but like I think a guy he'll have who
1: speak. has a lot of wins just for how right, good a pitcher right. is. Yeah. Just as like a general point though, like how much do you actually put stock in going around wins? Like how much how much do you upgrade a guy because he's on a good offense?
2: I upgrade him quite uh, a little bit. Yeah, definitely, because wins are hard to come by. It's tough with some of these guys. I mean, you have a pitcher for the Padres, or you have somebody like—I don't know—you have somebody like Butler. McCarthy. What?
0: Like McCarthy for the A's?
2: Yeah, like McCarthy. I mean Felix. Yeah. I mean, he's like not
1: going to win any games. Right. Yeah. No, but he's a—he's a hell of a talent. Right. Well, I mean, even—even even, uh, like Felix's Cy Young win from a couple years ago, what he was like thirteen and thirteen, he was like. Obviously, the best pitcher in the league. It's ridiculous.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Felix is the, is the number one example of that. I mean, he's if he's pitching for, I don't know, say the Yankees, he's easily the number one pitcher on the board. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's like 20 wins. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not in love uh, with Parcello, but I think he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. I mean, the guy has been in the league for three years now. He's only he's actually only twenty three, I was wrong. He's not even twenty four yet. So uh I mean this guy could turn out to be a hidden gem, but at the same time he's gonna get shelled for sure, especially pitching in the A L.
0: Well I wanna I wanna stay on that. Um Mark you brought up, you know, how much does wins matter, um and you know, boosting up your opinion on a guy like Like a Colby Lewis, you know, a guy who's going to have an ERA in the fours, you know, you just know that's going to happen. But I, I like him more than guys around around that, um, you know, I guess draft value, just because he's on an amazing offense that, quite frankly, is going to give you, you know, a decent amount of wins.
1: Yeah, I mean, me personally, I've always, I've always not chased wins at all, and maybe even to like a detriment, but. I, I don't know. I just think that uh, you draft your skill sets, and if you get wins, great, and if not, oh well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess
0: it is depending upon, you know, points league and category league, correct? Right,
1: right. Well, I mean, they're important in both. Um, I guess in points league, you can get away with not having wins if the pitcher is really, really phenomenal, but in uh, in Rotisserie, you obviously need to get wins from some point, but... Even then, like, you know, um, there, there are cases of, of guys, pitchers on really good teams who haven't won games when they should have, and pitchers on really bad teams having huge win years. So I don't put a lot of stock in it. But like I said, maybe to a detriment even of my own admission, yeah. you know. Well, in a
2: points league, wins are huge because, uh, I mean, in some points leagues, you get uh, six points for a win. I mean, that's huge.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I say Colby Lewis had a four ERA. He's uh he's doing really well this year, and I believe he's only given up two runs tonight, so he's off to a nice start. Yeah. Um do you guys have any uh other pictures you wanna bring up and then we'll get into uh saves and that whole dilemma.
1: Just like one one thing, probably everybody knows this, but just wanna just wanna highlight it. Um, stay the hell away from Francisco Liriano at all
2: costs. <laughs> hey man, I gotta say, when I, when, you, when I saw you pick him up, I mean, uh, dude, I don't know what you were seeing in this guy.
1: <laughs> um, I had, I had just been off like a, like a three day peyote bench and it just seemed like a really good idea at the time.
2: So, I know man, that, yeah. that was kind of like one of those drunken two in the morning pickups.
1: Yeah, he has a really, he has a really cool sounding name. And he has a name that makes him sound like he should be a really good pitcher and occasionally really actually is a good pitcher. But, like, the guy is, I, it just has to be like a head case or something because he just does not pitch when it matters. And yeah. It's just all over the place. Inconsistent. Well, remember, remember
0: last year, remember, uh, it was last year, correct, when he threw the no hitter and then he didn't win a game after that and his ERA um, was in the fives after he threw the no hitter.
1: Yeah, and the, and the no hitter was just, like, gross was like two strikeouts or something i I can't remember exactly but it was just one of those gross no hitters yeah
0: he's also the guy who has like the freakish years of being just awful one year and then you know surprisingly decent or serviceable the next
1: yeah well i mean when when he's on like when he's right were you trying to catch him on a good year i have no idea what i was trying to do but when he's when he's right like he's he like his stuff is almost an exact like replica of like CC Sabathia, and so it's it's really tempting, but um, yeah, just not worth the risk. All I'd right. say in most leagues, unless you're really um, trying to do a really high upside play, but that's about it. All right, check
0: this out. So we'll go to 2008, where he only played. Uh, or he only started in 14 games, but still, 3.9 ERA. 2009, 5.80, 2010, 3.62, starting in uh, 31 games, and then 2011, an ERA of 5, starting in 24 games. Yeah. Yeah, So, really off and
1: on, I can see what you're getting at. Well, and like uh, like I was telling you the other day, um, I was watching his start, um, not that he's thrown right now, but the one last week, and he was throwing sliders that really just looked like slow cutters or, like, a slider that I would throw with, like, just, like, very minimal break where you'd, like, have to check the velocity but be like, how is that actually a slider? Um, so that's not, that's not a major league pitch.
2: This is coming from the guy who was posting on the message boards about Loriano's newfound slider <laughs> and how amazing it's looking again. But see, if, if you watch that video that I posted of him in spring
1: training, it's phenomenal, and that's when he's right. Like when that slider. It's a tease, man. It's a tease. But that's it's a tease. That's not. Most, yeah. So anyway, we can we can move on.
0: <laughs> um, I did want to talk about one thing before we got in. To saves. Um, you know, everyone's been talking about it uh, leading up to his last start yesterday, and uh, after seeing his start yesterday, um, if for you guys all out there, uh, Mark lives in the Bay Area, so he gets a chance to see most of San Francisco games. And uh, Phil actually owns Linsacum, so I would like to know your guys' opinions about what we've been seeing. Of well, late. I've
2: owned, I've owned Linsacum. For, this is my fourth year owning them, because we're in a keeper league. Uh, I draft. Uh,
0: Washington alum? Right, right. Yes, Washington alum true.
2: in the same high school league as my high school was in. Uh, so anyways, local kid. I've owned him for four years. I mean, there's probably nothing else I enjoy watching more than watching come pitch a gem in San Francisco. I mean, Lively can obviously probably uh, agree with that.
1: It's nice when it happens, yeah.
2: But every year, everyone talks about when is this going to be Linscombe's last year. I mean, everyone, we don't need to talk about this. His mechanics are obviously not very normal. And everyone was worried about his shoulder, his arm. But this spring, he's been having back problems. So it looks like maybe his back might be the first thing to give eventually. Um, But Bruce Bochy did say that uh, Linscombe looked a lot better. And I watched yesterday's game. He actually looked a lot better in yesterday's game Mm -hmm. than he did in his previous start. He wasn't having as ma- as much command issues, but his velocity is way down. Uh and he's not he's kind of floating stuff right over the plate and with his velocity being down, his changeup isn't really tricking anybody. What uh, what was his velocity at yesterday? Uh it was very low nineties. I mean I think he uh let's see, I think he topped out at about maybe ninety one, ninety two. Yeah.
0: Um. What was the back injury? Lower back or upper or what? They're,
2: they're saying back tightness. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, every year someone has a theory about what's going to give out Lincecum. This year's theory, I guess, is that his back might actually be given out. Um, he's obviously concerned himself because he he's not been uh, throwing a slider uh, to try to save his arm. It's really tough to say. I mean, everyone gets off to bad starts sometimes. You don't really want to panic, but... Uh, he's looking really average lately. Really I, average.
1: I personally, um, and I, I've watched. I didn't watch his last start, but I had, did watch the two previous to that. Um, I would actually go out and try to trade for Linscumb. I definitely would, because if you really, if you really look at his numbers um, and kind of delve into it, like still really high strikeout rate, actually a lower walk rate than he's had. And it really seems like he's just getting uh, victimized on a couple just high, high um, batting average on balls and plays uh, where people are just finding the gaps. And so I wouldn't worry too much if this is still happening, like at the end of May. Uh, you've probably waited too long to trade him. But
2: um, for right now, <laughs> I, would, uh, I would hold on to him or go and try and trade for him. I totally agree with that. I would definitely not give up on scum at all right now. As far as him getting beat up, I mean, it happens. You just don't want to panic right now, but the loss in velocity is easily the most concerning thing. I mean, a drop in velocity like that, it's it's bad. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. He might still be gaining velocity as the year goes on, but he just doesn't seem like he's really fooling anybody with his changeup at all. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you're right. His Ks are still pretty high. I mean, and it's good to note that in uh, yesterday's game, he gave up four runs in the first, and he still went six innings. And I think he gave up only one run the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. He really settled in uh, after that. And, you know, Philadelphia doesn't have big guy in the middle of their lineup. But let's not forget, they they still have a potent lineup. I mean, I, I you know, I'm not making excuses either, but they, I mean, his last three starts, granted, you know, he did have poor outings, and that's exactly what we're talking about. But he has played three very... Potent offenses,
2: right? And I mean, it's Tim Lincecum. If there's anyone who deserves a little bit longer of a leash, it's it's him. I mean, I I, I would definitely wouldn't do anything stupid right now. And if if there's somebody out there who's willing to just completely freak out and there. try to trade him, I would definitely jump on that. Yeah, fair enough. Um,
0: now we're talking about trading right now. What? Let's use T- Lincecum as you know an example. Um. You know, give me an, an idea of a trade process, you know, in, in getting rid of Lincecum and then, you know, getting him in return. Like, who would you give up to get Lincecum right now, knowing that the owner that's giving you Lincecum is, you know,
1: I, I guess from our opinion, would still sell high? Um, who would I give up? I would give up Guy O'Dea for him if I owned him. I'd probably give up, I'd probably still give up, like, even Dan Heron for him. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sold on that he bounces back. I wouldn't give up like CC for him. I wouldn't give up like Cole Hamels for him. But yeah, yeah, I would still give up a, a very, very good number one or high end number two pitcher if, for him.
2: If we're talking uh, some sell high candidates and you want to throw in, I mean, if you're gonna get a to come, uh it's gonna be hard to find just a one for one trade. But if you uh, if you want to do a two for one trade, give Say a hitter and a pitcher, pitching candidate to sell high on right now is definitely Kyle Loesch. This guy is pitching his brains out right now, and he is. I don't know. I think he's pretty much getting lucky. Dude, that's the that's
1: the thing though. Is like, how are you gonna find somebody? Like, I mean, if you're playing with people who are just idiots, right. that's fine. Um, but you should be winning anyway. But it, who are you gonna like find to convince that Kyle Loesch is like? actually, for real. Well,
2: I mean, it depends who you're playing with, obviously, but uh, if you're looking to trade uh, a mediocre hitter, uh, or like, I don't know, above-average hitter, you're not going to be able to do that for Linscombe, but if you throw in somebody like another pitcher and say, like, hey, I'm going to give you this hitter, you'll get an upgrade in hitting, and don't worry, you'll still get, like, a pretty good, uh, above-average pitcher. Kylo's is definitely one of those guys where you could fool somebody with that. I mean, this guy's pitching great, but, I mean, obviously, we know that He does that all the time. He teases you, he pitches well, and then he's going to start getting exploded. His batting average on balls in play right now is 150. He's getting extraordinarily lucky. So if you want to try to pawn him off on some fool in your league, that's definitely somebody to to use right there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it really does all just matter who believes in what. Most people, I think, will look at Kalosh and uh, realize that that's not sustainable, but you never know. Somebody fall in love yeah maybe they watch that first marlin start i think it's just the greatest pitcher ever
0: and see that's a that's a great point that you brought up because i was just about to ask you when does i guess when's the timeline where you start believing that the guy's performance is for real you know obviously we both we all three agree that carlos isn't going to continue doing that but some guy in the league actually might when in the season do you guys start thinking wow this guy's going to do it like you know, like uh, Tulawitzki or Jose Batista in years past.
1: Um, I would say mid May is a good time to start looking at guys and trying to figure out if they are if they are really for real. I'm also um a big believer in buying high in some cases, um, which is kind of like counter strategy, but you know, everybody's so locked into the sell high that when they get a guy who's really just breaking out and he's not just on a, a month-long hot streak, um, you can really, really profit from that because you really don't have to buy them high. You can you can still discount that they're just on a hot streak and actually get a pretty reasonable price for them. Um, but the other thing to do is is look for things that go along with the breakout, so... Is it a is it a young guy hitting his prime, or is it a guy like Bautista who, who really changes his approach? Um, yeah. And so you know, do your homework, find uh, find that surrounding information.
2: It's definitely yeah, definitely comes to pedigree. I mean, I think we can kind of throw. You can't use Jose Bautista as an example. I mean, if you want to find an absolute outlier for everything, it's Jose Batista. Yeah, Bautista. yeah, he is. I mean. Tullo, uh, that's somebody that where you look at his pedigree. I mean, he huge prospect coming up. He's going to do well. But someone like Kyle Loesch, if Kyle Loesch still keeps pitching well, and this is the end of May, I don't care. I'm not taking him. You would have to pay me to own Kyle Loesch. Uh, I don't care if he does well <laughs> the next three starts. The guy is been in the league. You know what he is. Uh, on the off chance that he has a Jose Bautista type year, so be it, but I'm not gonna be there when he comes crashing back to, down to earth. So
1: what? What would uh, be like the pitcher equivalent of a Jose Bautista? Like, what would Kyle have to do? Like, have a sub one ERA and like <laughs> take Bob Gibson's record?
2: I mean, you don't have to look far. You look at Carl Pavano, uh, the year before last year. That's true. One actually,
1: that. had a great season.
2: He had an amazing season. I mean, he didn't have a Jose Bautista equivalent year. He wasn't in, uh, he was an AL Cy Young winner, but Jesus Christ, man. That guy, I owned him. I remember this clearly. And I kind of owned him as just like I thought he was in a hot streak, and I was just waiting to drop him, and he just wouldn't let me drop him. The guy doesn't strike out anybody, and he was going eight innings, striking out one. One guy. And he would just do that game after game after game. I mean, he got extraordinarily lucky. But yeah, Kyle Loesch could do that. But are you really going to bank on that? Yeah. Um, well, I think so.
0: as much as we're we're bashing on Kyle Loach, I really wouldn't have a problem having him, you know, on the back end of my roster.
1: No, I mean, of course not. But that's that's where he belongs. You don't. Yeah.
2: Like, how are you going to get him? Like, I guarantee you, he's owned in most leagues at this point. So, is he? going to be someone you're going to trade for? I, I don't think so.
0: No. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think you can find someone, you know, equally serviceable on waiver wires.
2: Right, right. There's a lot of guys I'd rather own off of waiver wires than uh, Kyle Loesch just because they actually have a chance to be something special. I mean, Kyle Loesch is Kyle Loesch. There's That's the end of the story.
0: All right. Um... We're going to be running out of time to reach hitting, but let's let's go into saves. And our big motto, and everyone knows this, is that you never pay for saves. And why is that? Because These relievers are bums. Well, you never I know don't. what the hell is going to happen. and Yeah. <laughs> and uh, for an example, one of our guys in our league, you know, went after three very, very good closers, and two of them ended up You know, being on the DL and won't actually play for the rest of the season. So all three of them, I think. What? Yeah, all three of them. That's no, that sucks. Good for us and good for us then. Um. So my question to you guys is, and Mark, you and I talked about this yesterday. It's different going for people for going for closers than it is for filling in injury players or people that you think may do better than the guys you have on your roster. For going for saves alone, you just get the guy who actually has the role and not the guy who might be the better pitcher. Like you said, Mark, you know, um, the, the Dodgers right. situ- situation. Um,
1: and actually, like, yeah, I mean, the, the important thing is, A, does he have the role, and B, is he actually like a capable pitcher? Um, if you have those two things, the guy will be the closer all year. Um, and a lot of bullpens are actually moving away of having just their dominant bullpen ace be the closer, and it makes sense from just a strategy standpoint, because when there's, you know, a fire in the in the seventh, you have the, your bullpen ace come out and put out the fire, and then you still have your closer come out for the ninth. Um, Boston did this for years with Bard, or for the last couple of years with Bard and Papelbon, um, and that's that's how, uh, definitely how. Uh, the Dodgers are set up right now with Kenley Jansen. Like, Kenley Jansen is definitely the better pitcher, but Javi Guerra will have the job all year. You would even look at Atlanta last year. You could definitely make the argument that Venners was actually a better pitcher, um, but it wasn't closer and doesn't matter. So, yeah, just look for the guy who has the job, and that's all that really matters. Don't get too caught up on skill sets, even though I, I hate saying that because I'm all about skill sets normally.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, even to go with that, in terms of uh, the Giants, I would definitely go Santiago Casilla or Sergio Romo, uh, without without a doubt. Yeah,
0: uh, SI. I actually had an article on that, uh, talking, giving a little tidbit, and um, like you guys said, you know, do your homework. I'm sure you guys can figure that out. Um, at what point were you? Would you just be like, no, there's no way I'm going to pick up this closer because I know he's going to kill my ERA you know, and and whip, or, I mean, do you just say, screw it, and I just, you know, I need saves, or do you just say, you know, do I really need saves on a 6x6 and just forfeit, you know, in that category?
2: Uh, I don't like forfeiting a category, period. Uh, I've seen people use that strategy. Uh, Not the best, not the best. I mean, as far as, like, if there's a shaky guy out there, you don't want him, I'm perfectly fine with the idea of just actually picking up uh, a setup man like I I did that earlier this year Uh, I had some pretty shaky closer situations and I picked up Sergio Romo it's he was basically a huge ERA whip boost uh, and got me some K's and you're also fishing for some random wins so uh, if there's someone out there that you want but they're just total crap I mean just you know this guy's gonna be walking guys blowing and saves left and right, and being a worse version of Carlos Marmol, uh, maybe don't waste your time picking that guy up. See, I would,
1: I would still say pick him up, but um, you know, it depends. If he's like, I don't know, if he's like, uh, yeah, actually, I'd still pick him up because like he has the job and it doesn't look like he's going to lose it. But is it, it yeah. but
2: is it worth uh, trying to trying to get a couple more, one or two more saves per week at the expense of? You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't is. know, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, because like you know, no,
1: their the ERA is gonna average out. It's like mid threes, even if they're just like terrible. For I mean, for a lever, that's pretty bad. You know, But no team's gonna have like, I mean, I guess not no team, but usually a closers' ERA is not gonna be in the fours. Um, and you can usually stomach like a mid three ERA because it's only gonna be over like sixty or seventy innings. Right. It's not gonna be that bad. No.
2: Yeah. I hear you. Yeah,
1: that's
0: right. uh, my take on it. All right, nice, nice. Well, uh, sorry, guys, we didn't get around to hitting. Um, but next time we will talk about uh, the guys we like, uh, you know, guys we don't like and things to, uh, things to expect. We'll also tell you guys, uh, you know, give you our blue flag list, if you will, for waiver wires and uh, keep an eye on minor league players and uh, when uh, when should we take a flyer on them. If you guys want to hear anything else or have any questions for us, you can write comments at the bottom and let us know how we did or how much we sucked. For the time being, we will have Hopefully two we'll episodes. A- it's fine. Yeah, yeah. We always like <laughs> to be humbled. Uh, yeah. For the time no, being, we'll have two episodes a week, and we will also discuss uh, Game of Thrones on <laughs> another podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys. And yeah, nothing, nothing quite like uh, medieval midgets The imp yeah, uh, God, is so good. <laughs> All right, till next time, guys. See ya.